This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. And thank you and welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Ben McLaughlin joined this week by Josh Hilkeman and Mick Steiner. Gentlemen, welcome. Pleasure to have you both. Uh, Mick, this is round two for you. Josh, three. This might, well, I mean, technically, if you count the uh, the draft, this is three, but uh, after the draft, this is only my second time on. Okay. So. Very good. This is um, week four, episode five, I think, if my math yep. is correct. So we should have uh, some type of system down. I, I don't know whether that's the truth or not, but let's go ahead and uh, and dive right in, boys. And let's just start first with our reactions to the news of, of yesterday, which is Cam Newton. Cam Newton and uh, and some members of the Chiefs testing positive for coronavirus, COVID-19. And, uh, of course, the Titans and the Steelers affected too. Josh, let's just start with you. Thoughts on kind of where we're at now, week number four being the first one that we're affected by this. Yeah, it, honestly, I was a little bit surprised that it, it took this long for there to just, you know, be some game that was affected in some way. And so now, yeah, it's yeah, I was surprised that it took this long. And now you're just hoping that there's not an avalanche. And we saw it with Major League Baseball, kind of the same thing where there's it's kind of it's a little bit of a scary spot right now. How many games are going to be affected? Is it going to affect the entire season now? Are you going to have to start moving a bunch of games around? But we're kind of in the early stages of this, and as we sit here and talk about this on Saturday, um, as you're listening to this on Sunday or, or later, it, we don't really know a whole lot as far as how far it's going to go. But you know, I I think that you know it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. I think that hopefully the the Chiefs and Patriots will be able to play Monday or Tuesday um, and still get the game in. We'll see that, and that's going to be some big decisions for fantasy. I only have. Um, one guy that I'm, I'm, that's potentially affected from that game, but it's, it's going to be hard to decide on that. You know, um, do you play those guys or not? And, you know, or do you go try to pick somebody up? Do you play somebody on your bench? What do you do? But I, yeah, there's a lot of implications for sure. Mick, you actually uh, were the one that uh, told me this news before I, I found it anywhere else about, Cam Newton, what's what's kind of your feeling on on how this is going? We've seen it affect a number of college games already, but what's your what's your feeling on how this is going to shape the NFL and particularly fantasy? So immediately, my reaction was, "Wow, it's all the way till Saturday morning when we're getting this information." So we had the Pittsburgh Tennessee issues earlier in the week, and they've decided to postpone that game, and we've kind of known that coming down the barrel. But now this is our first experience with some kind of late withdrawals from games, and it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, Like Josh said, it would take a lot of faith um, that they're going to play that game for you to to leave a a player in this week fantasy-wise. But 
NFL wise, it's going to be really interesting to see what how these late withdrawals will shape the way that a week looks, especially somebody as big as Cam Newton. Cam Newton's really important to the way the Patriots play right now. So I'm basically in a we'll see how this works out kind of deal. Um, Ben, you mentioned on Sports Nightly one time a long time ago that the season is going to be messed up no matter how it shakes out. And so I think just looking towards an end and making sure we can get games in and – the rest is going to be up to us to make the adjustments. Yeah, my first thought immediately, you know, with the COVID situation was what's going to happen with the Titans, what's going to happen with the Steelers, immediately checking my roster, checking my opponent's rosters. Um, Even with the Chiefs, I'm not going to gamble at all playing any Chiefs or Patriots this week. I already went and picked up another kicker in another league. Guys, I think who this is going to affect the most is Greg. He's got Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Josh, we were kind of joking on the draft day about his strategy taking all Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah, I, I, and who knows? Maybe actually, like if the game ends up being played, then and the Patriots have to play without Cam Newton, then who knows? Maybe it'll end up working out in his favor. But I, I don't know. Like I just I don't know if I would would risk it at, at this point. I I don't I would have to look to see who Greg's backup quarterback is and what he has for running backs, but I would definitely look into to playing somebody else just to be safe. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different decisions that have to be made, but Greg's is probably one of the most relevant ones. And the worst thing for Greg is that there's really only one good outcome. It's that he decides to play him, which will take some big cojones, um, and then they end up playing. Because yeah. even even if they don't end up playing and he takes them out – then he's not getting the production from Clyde, from Patrick Mahomes. It's it's really kind of a, a tough situation to be in. Yeah, definitely. And you know, this is a this is going to be a fluid year. Things are going to be changing quite a bit, um, and that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. You know, moving forward, obviously this year, not just with the bye weeks, as well, but just how teams are affected by COVID. Josh, let's talk a little bit about last week's matchups and uh, and you and I's matchup. What were you thinking after Thursday, kind of heading into it? And, and what was your, you know, kind of game plan? You did end up beating me. Like I said, I was the luckiest 2-0 in the league. Um, but yeah. you, you came out on top. What did you see from last week's matchup? Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect going in. I thought it would be pretty tight. I knew that you're kind of a, an up-and-down team to some extent. You have guys that can go off. But um, I, I felt decent going in as long as my guys performed up to par. But I had also come off a loss uh, the week before to Brett. So I wasn't really sure what to expect, but um, I, you know, I, I felt pretty good for most of Sunday. And then there was a point Sunday afternoon where I looked and you were, you were creeping right back into it. And eventually you took the lead, even though I, you know, I had uh, Travis Kelsey still yet to play on Monday night, but I, once the day actually ended on Sunday, I felt good because I was only down by a couple points and I still ha- had Kelsey. Um, and I knew that he, or I was up actually by a couple points, I think, but um and I still had Kelsey to go. So I was, I, I felt good, obviously, a little bit later in the day Sunday, but there were some tense moments, especially, you know, I I can't remember exactly which which of my guys were, were most of them weren't necessarily struggling, but they were, there was nobody on my squad that was just going off for an unbelievable day. Delvin Cook was my leading scorer with 25, but I had lots of guys that were having solid days, you know, in the 12 to 15 point range, but nothing great. So 
I yeah, it was it was definitely a a tight matchup, and I was just glad to come away with the victory. Mick, we were talking a little bit uh, last weekend with you and Greg hosting about your two matchup, and he got off to that great start on Thursday with a with a big effort from Robinson with the Jags with a thirty pointer, and um, he, you had, a, you, had you were suspenseful. You had to sit and wait and watch and just pray that Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Helaire wouldn't wouldn't go off. Unfortunately, they did. Uh, tell us a little bit of how match how your matchup went down. So yeah, it was it was a crazy pendulum swinging matchup which i absolutely love in fantasy i wish that it worked out in my favor but yeah he he went out to a hot start and then as sunday went along i started building and building and building a lead uh had good outings from james connor deandre hopkins and josh allen put up five touchdowns Mm -hmm. but then yep on monday night Tim and I are producing sports nightly, and I could just see the doom coming because there was two early touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. He got himself five touchdown, five touchdowns, and that was it. Greg came back from down almost sixty on Monday night. Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, that's that's two big uh, opponents to to have to go up to with Mahomes and uh and Clyde all right let's talk a little bit about the other matchups we had a buy sell question on sports nightly actually about these matchups there were some close some not so close um let's let's go first now with uh with with Austin's matchup here guys and you know you look at Austin's team and Austin has has been very open about his team lacking star power but then you look at it, and Dak Prescott and Austin Jones or Aaron Jones, excuse me, put together some pretty solid seasons so far among the top fantasy performers. Yeah, that's no doubt about it. Like they, Austin has a has a solid team, and he put up an absurd amount. I can't remember who he was playing a couple weeks ago that he put up an absurd amount of absurd amount of points. But then he kind of ran into a buzzsaw this week. Brad's team is has put some things together, and they it was an an outstanding performance from Brett led by Russell Wilson, who had 36 points. But I still think that Austin has a really solid lineup. Like if I am going up against him, it's not a ton of star power, like what he said, but they're just guys that have been really good this year. Like you said, with Prescott and Aaron Jones from the Packers, but then he had a 31 point performance from Austin Eckler last week. And, you know, he had 17 from Amari Cooper and, you know, guys that, you don't necessarily think are going to put up a ton of points. So, uh, yeah, he's a Austin has a good team. He has a one and two record right now coming into uh, action this week or in the midst of this week's game. So, I yeah, I, I think he's a lot better than that one and two mark. I'd also like the record to show that the Orman Rowboats put up his absurd number of over two hundred against Tim, and that's <laughs> yes. Im- that's important for this league. And just just to add to what you were saying, Josh, about Austin's team is that he also is going to get bounce back games from players like Darren Waller, who had to go against New England that game planned against him, only put up two two point nine. I don't see that happening again. Yeah, let's let's move to another matchup, boys, and one that I was very surprised with the outcome, and and not because Tim won, but because of the scenario that that played out on Monday night with Jeremiah Searles and Tim. Tim ended up winning by just over five points, uh, and Jeremiah didn't need a huge effort at all from Mark Andrews or Hollywood Brown, but both completely were ghosted on Monday. 
how frustrating is that? You know, we've all been there where you've got, you know, in, in this case, in this case, two receivers or, you know, you need a kicker to make two field goals. You need a quarterback to throw one touchdown, whatever it may be. And they just don't do it. And your entire week rides on those one or two players. And unfortunately for Searles, our former Husker offensive lineman for an <laughs> NFL offensive lineman, it just didn't work out this week. Well, especially for him because he, he needed to get a win. Like he had started out on two, so he didn't want to go to own three. And, you know, it, obviously it, it's hard to be in the position of playing from behind, but when you are only behind by a few points and you have a couple guys going and, you know, you know that you all you need, you know exactly how many points you need going into that game. Like, you know exactly what your two guys need to get. You have that eye on the prize, and then you sit there and you watch those two guys just struggle to do anything. They, you know, they're not getting targets and they're, you know, the, the offense as a whole for Baltimore was struggling. So like, it, it's, it's, it's such a helpless feeling when you're in that position. You're like, just have one big play. Like all you would need is a touchdown pass and then it'd be over. Like you would have won. So I, that's it, tough to be in that position, but especially when you're just desperate for a win for the season to get, to get your season turned around a little bit. And unfortunately for Searles, he just, it wasn't his day, but Give credit to Tim. He, he held on, and he's 2-1. He's big, big effort for Sir Yacht's inside source. And um, he proclaimed it on Sports Nightly that that was going to be the case. Um, okay, guys, let's talk a little bit about the injuries this week. And I know there are a handful of them. DeAndre Hopkins, a big one. Um, I know that that affects you, Mick. And you and I talked last week about uh, your injury situation. Where are you at right now with your roster and, and DeAndre Hopkins added to that list? Okay, that re- that really hurts because one thing that I mentioned last week is how important he is to the structure of my lineup. So I ha- I hoard my running backs. I've g- I've got a bunch of them, and so I'm really thin at wide receiver. So it helps to have somebody like DeAndre Hopkins that is just going to stay in the lineup no matter what. So his his injury is going to leave me scrambling to get a little creative this week. So in other injury news, we found out yesterday morning that Joe Mixon was mysteriously added to the injury report with a chest injury. And so I'm potentially replacing a star receiver and one of my better running backs this week. Um, I've got Kareem Hunt, um, Gibson that I can throw in for players like that, but we'll find out. I, I, I might be scrambling this week. Josh, give us a sense of where you're at with the injury bug. This is about the time, you know, a month a month in where, where things start to creep up. Obviously, Mick losing Christian McCaffrey and, and a, a couple of more guys to his list. How has your team done through the injury bug so far? Uh, very well. Like, I really don't have any complaints, uh, to be honest. Right now, uh, Calvin Ridley is questionable um, for today. And then uh, – Julian Edelman has been kind of banged up, and of course we don't really know for sure now what's going to happen with the Patriots and Chiefs game. But I, I probably won't play Edelman anyway, unless like he'd be my he'd probably be the guy I would put in there um, if Ridley isn't able to go. That's going to be kind of a game time decision. Um, but yeah, it's honestly I, I have been perfectly fine. I do I guess Tariq Cohen I, he's on my injured reserve now. Yeah. Um, I honestly could probably drop him. He didn't do really anything before he got hurt. So, um, I, I yeah, he, the only reason why I put him on my injured reserve is just because it, I don't have anybody else to put on there. But as soon as somebody else gets injured for a couple of weeks, I would I would probably put replace him. So, overall, though, my team has stayed healthy and no complaints. 
Very good. Um, okay, guys, let's take a look at some standings so far. I feel like three games is you know, starting to be substantial enough to where you can look at what's happening around the league. Josh, you and I are actually tied for first in the East with a 2-1 and one record. You obviously have head-to-head now. Um, still a long way to go. Mick, you're in our division as well with Greg at 1-2, and two, and Jeremiah Searle's a tough luck 0-3. So actually three of us in that same division. And then you go over to the West. How about this, boys? Josh Banderas, the only undefeated yeah. team in the league at 3-0. and oh. Brett Whitty, Tim Curran each at 2-1, and one. and then Austin Orman and uh, Lamar, our, our fan, each at 1-2. and two. Josh, look at let's look at um, – at Bando's team, and, and we talked to Cam Newton already. He's going to be the one that's affected with Cam. But what do you see when you when you look at uh, Bando's roster and how he's been able to go three and zero? Well, yeah, and just before we get into that a little bit, the, the you look at the points for just the points scored for the team in the league this season. Guys, we're in a, a pretty easy division. You have Bando and then Brett and Austin, who are the top three scorers in the entire league, and they're all in the other division. So you can kind of we can be happy about that, that hopefully, you know, it'll be a little bit easier to get in the playoffs, but yeah, Bando has a solid team. Um, clearly, I think a lot of it is, has to do with guys staying healthy. And then he was able to have cam be a breakout guy and score a lot of points in the first few weeks. So, um, and maybe do better than expectations, but he has Alvin Kamara, who obviously he signed that, that contract before the season started and he's been just tearing it up. And then Tyree Kill, as long as he is healthy, he's going to score some points. Um, so, yeah, he just has he has a lot of really solid guys on his team. And I would hate to go up against him. He's, he's just been consistently putting up big numbers. We should point out also that he could be in trouble because his other quarterback right now on his roster is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not playing today. So. Out. He is in danger of uh, of not having a quarterback start today. And also Noah Fant, who got him 8.5 on Thursday, is out at least a game with an ankle. So uh, tough news there for all the Josh Banderas fans of the planet universe. Um, okay, guys, let's get into um, – I, I, I've been wanting to do this a little bit, but I, I've been also wanting to wait um, for the, um, for the, for the things, to kind of, things to kind of settle down a little bit. Uh, top scorers of the league, and believe it or not, we actually had a question of, of this on buy sell. A lot of quarterbacks yeah. up up on top of the highest scorers of the league. A little bit surprised, Josh. You mentioned Kamara being right up there. He's the only non quarterback in the top five. Should we be surprised by this? I, I mean, I, 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 my, my answer is probably no. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what are our thoughts on on especially the quarterbacks that are at at the top? Right, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Um, kind of the usual suspects. So I've been fortunate enough to have one of those quarterbacks. I've got Josh Allen. He's been getting in the end zone routinely this year um, with both his legs and through the air. And quarterback as a position being towards the top doesn't surprise me that much because these guys touch the ball every, every, every down. And so they have opportunities to score points at all points in the game. Now, with players in PPR like Alvin Kamara that can just absolutely light it up because they're catching the ball and running the ball, I am surprised that it is quarterback heavy all the way at the top. Yeah, I, w- I would say that I- I'm a little bit surprised. Obviously, guys like Patrick Mahomes, I'm not surprised that he's up toward that top. 
And Russell Wilson is a guy that is consistent. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by how well he's done. Uh, and, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, maybe the best so far this season, other than maybe Josh Allen. But yeah, Josh Allen and then Dak Prescott have definitely been surprises. And I would say that I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that there haven't been uh, at least, you know, one or two other running backs or maybe a one wide receiver that's up in that top five. Honestly, I, I'm looking at the list now. Calvin Ridley, who's on my team, yeah. is almost is right outside the top five at number six. He's the top wide receiver receiving scorer. So I'm obviously pleased to have him as part of my squad. Yeah, I'm still a little bitter because if you remember all the way back to yes. the draft podcast, that was one guy that I was really targeting. I don't think I was overly close to getting him. So he may have been picked before. Even if you didn't pick him, he may have been picked before my selection. But that was a guy that I was really gunning for and, and you ended up getting and he's been huge. Uh, for the Falcons and for your team. Josh, I also wanted to to kind of bring up, uh, I don't know if you listened to last week, we talked about the trade uh, that yeah. you had proposed. And, you know, I, I don't think I've told you this yet, but I was purposely waiting to kind of talk about it on the podcast and address it <laughs> on the podcast last week with, uh, with Mick and with Greg. Um, I think this is probably indicative of your running back situation. And Mick and I got into the discussion of draft strategy, and he and I both – uh, kind of loaded up on running back, Mick even more so than I. Are, do you feel like you're thin at, at any particular spot right now, or is it more of just wanting to change things up? It, it, it was because I wanted to get another running back because Terry Cohen wasn't doing it for me. J.K. Dobbins didn't play, hasn't played as big a role with Baltimore as I thought he might early in the season. Um, but I did actually – it did work out because I, I proposed a couple different trades to – I proposed one to you and then I think uh, I proposed uh, one or two with the uh, our fan Lamar Dinkins so I um I I threw a couple out there they were all rejected but that's fine because I ended up picking up Miles Gaskin uh, on the waiver wire and he's been solid so yeah, far he's been and good. I he's been he's been good I think that as long as he stays healthy I I'm fine with that I might still try to um put a, a couple more trades out there but now I'm going to hesitate a little bit because Mick he said that he's you know he's kind of loaded up on running backs. I felt at least in the first couple of weeks that I was really strong at the wide receiver position, so I was trying to kind of balance that out and maybe trade one of my better wide receivers for a good running back and kind of balance out those positions. Yeah. But um, right now, with a couple different injuries, with you know Ridley kind of dealing with something and Edelman being a little bit banged up, and then Emmanuel Sanders not being quite as good as I thought he might be, you know, there's. I don't feel like I'm quite as deep at the wide receiver spot as I did maybe even just a couple of weeks ago. Well, as kind of the facilitator of this podcast, you know, being kind of middleman every week, you guys, you guys potential link up right here. Mick, he mixed uh, said he's a, not opposed to wheeling and dealing some backs. Sounds like he's <laughs> got a handful. Josh, once your injury situation, well, you know, works itself out. Maybe, maybe you guys enter the trade negotiation room. And it would make sense to do it too, right after our matchup, maybe. So we get our matchup out of the way and then, and then we make a trade happen. We'll, we'll see if that, if we, we'll see if we can work something out before next week's podcast. I right. love, I love doing that. We, we mentioned last week, um, whether, what what would be the right time to start proposing trades? And I think that now with the COVID uncertainty, um, people are going to be scrambling for just filling out an entire roster with mm. solid uh, players that contribute to their teams. And so as that 
fear starts to creep in then the desperation for a trade and to fill out their roster I think will increase so I think it's coming well and that and that too I think lends itself to this year being so unique in fantasies because there you know we talked with Ian Rappaport NFL insider on Friday and and he indicated that it's a it's a very real possibility and if any indication this week that teams won't play all their games and so I ran into this problem in fantasy baseball a lot of it too is just going to be luck you know which teams catch it which teams don't and which players are affected you know that's one thing that um, that that we're never going to be sure about all right guys any start sit questions this week any guys that you're thinking about maybe putting in your lineup um, obviously we're not going to get your e- 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 advice from one another because you guys are playing <laughs> against each other, but it's, it, it's nice to throw this out on paper because I thought about this, um, uh, topic that we've, we've done this every week now of, you know, guys that I'm thinking about that we talk about on the podcast that, you know, play out, for example, last week, Greg and Mick both told me to start David Montgomery over Mike Davis. And I'm glad I didn't listen to him because Davis ended up scoring a touchdown. And I think he had like 15 points. Anybody that you're thinking about starting, thinking about sitting that, you know, maybe isn't in your lineup right now, Josh, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah. The only one I kind of mentioned this one earlier about putting Julian Edelman in, and he could be, uh, you know, I could put him in the flex spot or one of the wide receiver slots. And I, you know, I mentioned my wide receiver and being a little bit worried about the depth. One of the things Adam Thielen had a really outstanding week one and then hasn't been as great uh, since then for the Vikings. But so right now looking at it, he has the exact same amount of projected points as Julian Edelman. And obviously I I don't re- really, I'm not really seriously consider- considering putting Edelman in because he's, you know, is about the same as anybody that he'd be replacing um, or worse. And the question of whether or not they're even going to play a game. So really I don't have any start sit scenarios other than maybe that one, but I would have to know for sure that there's actually going to be a game between the Chiefs and Patriots before I would even consider putting him in. Yeah. Mick, how about you? So for me, the decisions are based solely on what's going to happen when the injury report comes out later today. Um, Joe Mixon, if he happens to not play, DeAndre Hopkins, if he happens to not play, that means that Kareem Hunt and Keelan Cole are going in. I'm going to be rolling with two Jacksonville wide receivers if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play. <laughs> um, but if those guys are both healthy, I think my biggest question is whether I start Jarek McKinnon in the flex or Kareem Hunt. And that's that's kind of a tough call. I think both players have an opportunity to catch some passes. Philly's defense has not been as good as they have been the last few years. Um, and Dallas's defense has been absolutely putrid. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's a solid 50-50 call for me. Um, I, I would think Kareem Hunt's probably the safer play, but I believe he's dealing with a bit of a groin too. So that that could potentially, as you said, injury reports coming out you know, before the games uh, actually kick off could be something that's affected. Uh, for me, boys, I, I am leaving Mike Davis in. As long as Christian McCaffrey is on the shelf, that is a, that is a horse that I am going to ride because – Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves loves just dumping down to those running backs. And so I don't care if it's like eight receptions, four yards. Give me those eight points, and, and I'm happy with it. Um, again, Saquon Barkley tearing his ACL for me was huge. Um, the, the other start sit question that that I had, and it's not even really a question, is Terry McLaurin's been dealing with an injury this week. So I went and swapped Tyler Boyd. 
No qualms putting Tyler Boyd in my lineup. He is a target machine for Cincinnati. But George Kittle expected to play this week. And Mike Kosicki has been surprisingly good as my backup tight end. So the question, Mm -hmm. do I play a a banged-up George Kittle with Debo Samuel coming back too and a third-string quarterback in Nick Mullins, or do I keep riding Mike Gesicki and hoping to get – you know, in the neighborhood of 8 to 11 with him. George Kittle could score big. He yeah. could get hurt in the first quarter and have zero. That's, I mean, that's a big question. And, and one thing I should point out with Gasicki, I think he had one catch on that Thursday night game with Jacksonville, albeit a touchdown. That worried me that he only had one catch. So I went ahead. I put Kittle in. Yeah. Your guys' thoughts. What would you do at my tight end position this week? Yeah, I, I actually w- thought about that when I, when I saw that he was going to be back in because, yeah, that was a good pickup for Gasicki, but – I think I would lean toward playing Kittle this week. Although, you know, you could wait one more week, but you don't want to leave a guy that is one of the best tight ends in the league on the bench and have him go off and then feel really bad about it later. So I I think that you can at least put him in and hope that despite the uh, injury situation at quarterback for the 49ers, that he'll still get targets and catches and all that. And, you know, Gesicki, like you said, he's had some good, some really good games so far this season, but also might be trending down a little bit and might be a little bit more inconsistent than what you'd like for a starting tight end. So at right. the risk of both of your co-hosts being wrong two weeks in a row, <laughs> yeah. I would also recommend that you play George Kittle. As somebody who's had I him on my team um, a few years in the past, he's been banged up before, but when he plays, he's going in and he's going to play some ball. And he's, and they're, he's not going to let him take him off the field. And so... I would say if he's playing, I would roll with it. Guys, I can't believe I neglected to uh, to go through the Thursday night scores. How could I forget that Whoa. very uh, memorable Jets-Broncos game on Thursday? <laughs> we'll, we'll just kind of go through that as we go through the matchups this week and set everybody up before we hang it up here. Um, Austin will play me as we already as we already said. I'm projected to win by 16. I don't. I think that's that's a little ambitious um, with the line there. ESPN. Um, Two teams that need a win. Greg off a, a win against Mick at one and two against the zero and three Morning Woodhead Jeremiah Searles. Uh, again, Jeremiah um, dealing with a bit of injury. Greg gets a great start of the week from Jamison Crowder on Thursday. He's one of the big yeah. scores for the Jets. Seventeen point four. That is just a target machine. And Greg has been complaining all year about how he can't pull the trigger correctly on the manager decisions <laughs> it was a good decision to get Jamison in uh, on Thursday night as he he's he performed well 17.4 is a great place to start yeah no doubt all right let's also uh, go to the next matchup here Tim will play uh, Lamar who is our fan and unfortunately for Tim he's under the gun already 25.8 for Melvin Gordon uh, that's that's a fantastic start for Lamar 25.8 against Tim. Uh, live projection right now has Lamar winning by four at 136-132. Again, records for those two teams. Tim at 2-1, and one, Lamar at 1-2. and two. Uh, we'll, we'll go to the next uh, matchup here, which would be Brett and Josh Banderas. I already mentioned Bando 8.5 on the board against Brett. Josh at 3-0 and oh, and Brett at 2-1. and one. But Bando right now without a quarterback. So unless he... Comes to the rescue here and slides somebody in. I like Brett in this matchup. And, of course, the primetime matchup, the Saucy Nugs against standard format. (laughs) Current projected total right now, 118.4 for Josh, uh, 115.7 for Mick. Josh, you have Denver's D. Was this a a waiver wire acquisition (laughs) going against the Jets? It was because I I, I have the Bills defense who got me, I think, negative one last week. And 
I wasn't really confident to play them. And then, and then I saw that the, so I went and just looked, I was, I wasn't necessarily thinking, okay, have to pick up a defense here, but I went and looked and I saw that Denver's defense was there and they're going up against the jets. So I was like, Hey, why not? Like, it, it seems like they're going to have a great, you know, that's a favorable matchup for the, for the Denver defense, but they got me six points, which isn't great, but it's also not terrible. I, I was expecting a little bit more out of them, you know, maybe more in the 10 point range, but I'll, I'll take six points better than what the bills got me last week, at least. Yeah. It is not negative one, which is a positive. Um, exactly. Okay. <laughs> right. It's going to be hard for me to scrape together six points from my defense this week, because I'm going to the waiver wire. I've got Patriots yeah. defense. I'm not going to trust Oof. that they're going to play. Um, sometimes taking a zero from your defense is okay, but there's not a lot of good choices on the waiver wire. So I'm, I'm going to be trying to scrape six points. I'd be happy with six points out of my defense this week. Put something together right here. Okay, boys, before we wrap it up here, let's, let's get some projections. Highest totals of the week. We are combined 0 for 9, I believe. We have not gotten one correct. I, I had the third leading scorer last week. Uh, with Russell Wilson. Josh, any who is your projected highest total of the week? Uh, you know what? Why not Why not go with a guy that is um, on my team? I'll go with Calvin Ridley because he is going up against the, the Packers on Monday night. I think that's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in that game. So uh, I'll, I'll go with Calvin Ridley and hope that he puts up like 42 points in, in that matchup. I love it. Okay, Mick, how about your side? Anybody on your side? You going to go with Josh Allen? What, what's the projection here? I wish I was going with Josh Allen, but last week reminded me that even though he didn't finish first, I think it was Kamara, I think yeah. we're all fools if we don't pick Patrick Mahomes every single week because he has the ability to score touchdowns in bunches. And if I'm making a bet, I'm going to bet on Patrick Mahomes. Even if he doesn't play a game, huh? Well, that's true. I didn't even really think about that. So at, you can at, change the, at, it. at the risk of dropping, a, at the risk of dropping a zero, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. But if okay. it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's definitely going to be my quarterback. That's my okay. quarterback, Josh Allen. Yeah. I'll put it in, I'll put it in a parentheses what your second choice would be. <laughs> um, all right, my run, I'm going to go running back again, and I'm going to say Zeke. I feel like Ezekiel Elliott's due for a big day. He hasn't had a great year so far. Prescott's been chucking it around, so – I'm going to say Zeke and, uh, you know, hope hope that we can get one right in and the danger of going 0 for 12. Let's go. I, I, want, I, wonder, I want to know who's going to be the first one to get one of these right. That would be, that'd Probably be pretty Probably get Tim or something. Good. Oh, <laughs> like that. yeah. I mean, that would be uh, great. That would be something, wouldn't it? All right, fellas, final thoughts. Josh, biggest concern, uh, last last lingering thought before heading into your matchup later today? Well, I, I feel like I have the advantage going into today's games and, you know, in, into the rest of this matchup against Mick, but that concerns me a little bit. I just, I, I'm never, I never feel comfortable uh, until, until I have a, a big lead, but it's, I, I feel like Mick is going to have somebody um, that he, he's going to put in the lineup at the last second and is going to go off and I'm, I'm going to have my heart broken, but it's a, it's a long season, so I'd rather have that happen at this point than later. Typical Josh pessimism and fantasy. Love it. Yeah, Love it's rearing exactly. your head here right before we hang up. Mick, what about you? Lasting thoughts? You Any concerns of your lineup? Obviously, some injury concerns that you're watching for today. So my final thought isn't going to be as much about our specific matchup, but more about fantasy football and the NFL as a whole. 
mm-hmm. is that I really hope that this COVID situation really doesn't, Josh used the term avalanche out of control here because yeah. one of the, I, I think it's going to be really fun this year to see who can scrap together wins when things are uncertain like they are this week. But if it gets out of control and we don't, we're not able to field entire lineups in weeks, that, that's really going to put a sour note on this year. Uh, that's a, yeah, it's a perfect way to end this week. The first time we've had to deal with COVID talk on this podcast, and unfortunately I don't think it's going to be the last. My final thought is I just want to bury Austin. That, that's it. I, I want, <laughs> and, and it's not even so much an indictment on Austin. Is I just need to see my team perform well. I feel like yeah. you know parts of it do well and, and parts of it don't, and so it's time for, the, for a complete team effort, and that's what I'm hoping to see. All right, gentlemen, it was fun. Um, I don't know when this trio is going to be back, hopefully sooner rather than later, but um, best of luck to you both. And this is the third straight week that my two co-hosts have played against each other, and so I can't (laughs) wish you both – I can wish you both luck, I guess. We're both going to need it. All right, gentlemen, appreciate it. Have a good week, and uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy and we can have a full fantasy matchup next week. Thanks to Tim. Thanks to all you for listening. We're back next week with another episode. Have a great weekend.